Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The biggest convention of its kind ever in the UK, Wrestling Media Con 2018, is heading to Manchester on the 8th and 9th of September. Wrestling Media Con 2018 will feature live wrestling shows from Revolution Pro and Impact Wrestling, meet and greet with all the talent, panel discussions from the likes of Inside the Ropes, and workshops on how to get into the world of professional wrestling from former WWE writers and bookers. There will also be guest matches from Defiant, NGW and an NWA World title defense by Nick Aldis taped for £10 of gold. Other names announced for Wrestling MediaCon 2018 include the Wrestling Observers Dave Meltzer, Colt Cabana, Sean Waltman, Cultaholic, Botchamania, myself and Ollie from the Wrestle Ramble, and many more to be announced. Wrestling MediaCon comes to the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England on the 8th and 9th of September. Tickets are available now from WrestlingMediaCon.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis, fresh from Monday Night Raw, actually being there in the arena. And I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis, who I was with at Monday Night Raw last night. How the devil are you? I'm good. I feel very wrestling-y. And that's a curious thing for me to say, because surely... We always feel wrestling-y. You'd think, wouldn't you? Our jobs are wrestling-y stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we went to RevPro on Friday, which was excellent. Mm-hmm. This is the first show we've done, I guess, since That's then. That's true, yeah. Uh, I think it's because we've already talked about it on Ramble Club. Oh. That I, that I thought that we had done it on this podcast. Mm. I mean... but. That sounds good, that Ramble Club thing. What is it again? Oh, it's, a, it's just this little show that we do for our $10 and above Patreon backers. You know, just, just a little show. Basically, we sit down. It's like a three-hour show, and we just talk about wrestling that we have seen over the over the last 30 days. Kind of like a best matches of the month kind of thing. You could call it that, yeah. Only it awkwardly comes in the middle of a month. Yeah, and we also uh, read Big Apple Takedown in the style of someone's father wrote a porno i've never my dad listened to it yes good show that yeah i yeah never really got on with it everyone else tells me it's it's excellent but you listen to everything on like triple speed so i don't think you get like the full that's why i think the podcast the majority of the podcasts you listen to are like fact-based ones where people just sit down and just talk about facts because it doesn't matter then if you're talking at three times they talk about opinions 
but again, it's like you know, but it's, it does. It's fine if that's at three times the speed. Comedy though, comedy you need to listen at regular speed to really get the feel for comedy. Are you saying that comedy's? Oh, I've done this wrong. <clears throat> Do you want to try? Ask again? me what the 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 secret of comedy is. No. Please. <laughs> or what is the secret? Timing. There hey. So you obviously lose that with a triple speed. I don't think people can physically listen to us on anything faster than 1.75 because we talk quite quickly anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that would be quite the struggle. I, I can't do it, man. Like I tried. I thought I could give it a go, particularly on like a Bruce Pritchard podcast because those are like four and a half hour marathons. I thought maybe I could try this on a double speed, but... No, it just doesn't work for me. You can. You can do it. You just need to try harder. <laughs> Korean spoon, Luke. That is the spoon of the day. It is long-handled, often with a shallow point at the end of the bowl. A Korean spoon. A Korean actually, spoon. It's got actually a hyperlink. Ah, well, maybe people don't know what that what that is because it also has another name, a sujio. Well, there you go. That's Korean for the the set of eating utensils used to eat Korean cuisine, which is two chopsticks and a spoon. Adam Emond has emailed in to uh, let us know. What, were you not going to, you're just going to skip past this spoon? Well, I I can't see the spoon, can I? What else can you, I've just randomly clicked something and it's gone onto something, a Wikipedia page called Veneration of the Dead. This is creepy looking. Did you ever play this? Well, uh, uh, just randomly clicking Wikipedia links. In the early days of the internet, I was in sixth form, which is kind of like college or or yeah. high school. So when when I was 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, actually, sorry, 16. when I was 16. And we had a common room. We were finally allowed into the sixth form common room. Oh, what a common room we had. In Hogwarts. And they had computers, really deep, massive CRT monitor computers. And the internet was... And people would watch this thing called YouTube. Little did I know. When you were in sixth form? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're only a couple of years younger than me. Oh, actually, no, that might make sense, actually. Yeah, yeah no, sorry, that, does, that makes complete sense. Sorry, yeah. my timeline was off there. That's fine. And we would play a game where you'd both start on the same Wikipedia page. For sake of argument... Jessica Simpson. And then you have to go from Jessica Simpson using only the blue hyperlinks to, I don't know, Genghis Khan. Well, it's funny you should say that because I've been thinking of bringing this up. Josh Widdicombe used to play this game on his radio show Ah. with the excellently named Wiki Races. Oh, it's already a thing? Yeah. With Josh, Josh Whittacombe. <laughs> Is that your Josh Whittacombe voice? That's my Josh Whittacombe voice, yes. My Josh Whittacombe voice is a bit more like this. Yeah, well, you're better at impressions than I am. <laughs> uh, Adam Emond emailed in to let us know that Agony Aunt is Dear Abby in the States. So they do have a version of this. But um, Agony Aunt? Well, yeah, because we were talking about Agony Aunt. Obviously, we're Agony Arts. We're the masters of the Agony Arts. That's, yes. that's correct, yes. Um, um, also, Callum Williamson emailed in uh, with the email subject line of best worst advice. Now, oh, so we've got some we've got some questions possibly. about it. Now, I haven't actually read this yet, so okay. I'm going to experience this along with you. Hi, Luke slash Ollie. On your raw review for this week, you mentioned fans can send in questions for your advice, and I thought I'd take you up on that opportunity. Excellent championship opportunity. 
I am 25 years old, as you maybe can tell by my email address, which I can because it was 1993, and I'm wondering what you two were doing with your lives at this point, maybe to give me an idea of what I can strive to achieve or avoid as best I can. Love the show, what I listen to most consistently with consistent quality. Much appreciations, Callum Willow. 25. What were you doing at 25? So how, what would the year be? 2013. Uh, Yes, uh, 20, uh, 20, hang on, 2005 would I have turned? 25. 2005? It's 2018 now. Yeah. 33 now. 32, thank you very much. 32. So 2010. So 2010. Yeah, math math was never my strong suit. So yeah, yeah, 2010 is where Mm. I was at. So uh, what were you doing in 2010? What was I doing in Let's 2010? Let's think about that age. CM Punk was making <laughs> his way up the ranks in WWE. Well, actually, by the time I got to 25, I'd only just started getting like a proper career. Yeah. Because previously I'd been at university and I graduated <laughs> from that. And then I started doing um, uh, night shift work because I wanted to make a uh, film. So I was doing stuff for the film during the day and then I would work a night shift. And I was uh, surviving on about two hours sleep a day. Um, making myself very uh, the reverse Kevin Smith of Clarks yeah pretty much yes yeah Uh, yeah, I was doing all the stuff and I I was very very ill in fact there's some behind the scenes stuff that my friend filmed and I look horrendous I look so gaunt and terrifying Um, so I did that and then like that didn't really work out so I had to go and like uh, do some other menial jobs and I worked in a toy shop uh, in Reading for a couple of years then I went to work at the Reading Post where I was selling advertising space, which was awful. And I did that for a couple of years. But then I finally started my full career. What I think has led me onto the path where I currently am today, which is I started working as a copywriter for the Yellow Pages, writing up websites for them. Uh, and I also then, like at the year previously, I started working for Flickering Myth, uh, which is the movie website that you and I met through. Mm. And that sort of drew me onto my journey to this point here. I was also dating a girl who it turns out I was not um, not well suited to. Um, but I was with her for five years, um, breaking up with her when I was 28. Hey, Vince McMahon's been pushing Roman for four. <laughs> you, you can't see the mistakes sometimes. Sometimes you cannot. But what about you? Where, where were you at, at 25? I believe at 25 I was... Yeah, I'd, I'd lost my job. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah. Well, I didn't technically lose my job. The uh, the wonderful uh, company that I worked for and had been groomed from university through my master's to, you know, in, in broadcast transmission. And, I, and then I worked my way over to the production side of 4Music. And they were like, hey, if you come over to become a producer and stuff and write these scripts and live things and stuff for the website then you know we're all freelance over here trust us you make a lot more money this way and they told me how much money they make and i was like well okay okay wow that's insane and then that kind of allowed them to get i didn't obviously there are risks when you go freelance Mm. i just didn't know the risks would come about so quickly (laughs) After they all advised me to go freelance, yeah. but you know that's those are the mistakes you make when you are young, and uh, yeah, I was I was on my ass for a bit, five months of uh, of unemployment, signing on, and that's when I met my lady partner, which is why I know she's a keeper because she found me at my lowest point. What did you um What did you do with your five months? I honestly, I would not stop working. I was obsessed with getting a job. I went to interview after interview, did loads of writing. I tried to do a writing course uh, that was free online, which took up a lot of my time and resulted in nothing. Uh, 
and yeah just kept on applying for stuff and didn't get anywhere because i wanted to get in at a certain point again but i kind of priced myself out of my own job oh mate by from that previous thing that's the worst thing you uh, can possibly luckily, do i had savings so i was okay but and then i got a job and that's when i was i was sort of getting into wrestle talk as well hmm. uh, so i was i was directing the tv show uh once every two weeks like one day every two weeks. Look so. at you at the age of 25, yeah. directing a show that was on challenge. Yeah, well, you know, directing or saying action. There's, they're the what, same thing. You ask Kevin Smith, he'll tell you that it is the yeah, same thing. Yeah, exactly. So that's what that's what I did. I kind of... Yeah, so no, what was this chap's name? Uh, I've already deleted the email. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you don't delete them, do you? No, I, I, I file them away. <laughs> well, I remove it from like because I have it under I filed under yeah. a certain thing in Google uh, Mail, and then I just remove the label when I'm, yes. I'm done with it, and then uh. it just it auto archives it. Then, um, let me see if I can search it. <laughs> Best. Oh, I found it. Hang yeah. on. It was from Callum William. Callum, well, Callum Willow. Callum Willow. Callum Willow, whose email we're going to treasure forever, Luke. <laughs> No pressure, because at the age of 25, we both fi- found and started working towards what we want to do. Yes, but I, I would say so that... So, no, no pressure of finding that thing that you need to commit the rest of your life to. I would say, though, I don't think I was a very nice person at 25. Really? I don't think I was a particularly nice person until I really met my uh, my my current wife. Uh, I knew you before then. You were lovely. Nah, I think I was all right. But I think I was all right with you. But I think, you know, uh, I don't think I was the nicest person. I don't think I would have been friends with me. I think, I think you are one of the nicest people I know. You always have been. I think, I think I'm the person that YouTube thinks I am is uh, the person. No, no, you've got too high nice standards. (laughs) So you probably, you know, didn't pick up a bit of rubbish once in 2009 and it's just tormented you. It's the worst thing ever. That strawberry poppers wrapper. Oh, oh no, yeah. don't, don't like to think about it. Um, lastly, uh, we're going to have this email here from Toby Emmett, who's emailed and say, Hello, Luke and Ollie. I've been a fan of the Wrestle Talk YouTube channel for quite some time now, and then I realised you had a podcast. So now long car journeys, long walks, and when I'm not watching the Wrestle Talk news has been filled with entertainment and joy. Thank you, Ollie, spelt wrong, and Luke, mm-hmm. and hashtag support Wrestle Talk. Love you. Bye. So that was a nice little email there from Toby Emmett. Uh, we've got some more correspondence, but um, we've got quite a bit to get into on today's show because we're going to start off our chitter-chatter nonsense with uh, Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax at Money in the Bank, where Ollie has a bit of a breakdown talking about the, the, the video itself where they made the announcement. And then we've got a full-on Raw review, but stay tuned for the, uh, the after, well, the outro, because we've got, uh, there's a bit of a talk about it at the end of the show, but we're going to talk more detail about it um, in the outro. Ollie's looking to be very confused because clearly he's already forgotten what we talked about at the end of the show. What, you going away on holiday? Yes. That's, but people, this sounds like a big announcement we're going to make. Well, I'm going on holiday. Yeah. But um, I mean, I don't want to spoil the surprise. Like, <laughs> now they're going to get to that and be like, what's the, what? oh, okay. But we're just going to talk about like how, what's going to happen to the podcast while I'm away. He's going to die. Are we going to talk about this this rather sudden announcement? We were there at Monday Night Raw in London, San Taxis and red phone boxes and London buses on I, the stage. I thought you meant our transport to get there for a moment. No, no, we, we got got in the car. Because <laughs> you're like, without taxis or buses getting us there? I was like, no, because we drove. Luke, I have so many boring stories about 
how I got out of the car park. Well, I haven't asked you because I assumed that was going to be saved for the podcast. Everything went wrong. <laughs> and I'm, I was I'm accosted. S- I'm so unsurprised it went wrong. Oh, you were accosted? In the car. In the car? By I, who? I turn, I turn round and there's these two chaps in the car next to me going... <laughs> and I was like... And then one of them got out of the car and knocked on the window with a camera he's trying to take a <laughs> selfie with me. <laughs> this never happens. This is only at a wrestling show that this would happen. And I was on the phone to my girlfriend, and we kind of... I was like, uh, just a second, uh, Anna, <laughs> well, I've got to do this. And then, you know, he he went back to the car. But it was gridlock. So we were just next to each other. Well, of course it was gridlock. You were trying to drive out of the O2. Yeah. I did think it was going to be an issue. Anyway, loads of boring things. But <laughs> Ronda Rousey... Can, you can get on the podcast. Ronda Rousey. Uh, so this was a... A segment that they played about 20 times throughout the night. Yeah, so the show kicked off with like a tease of the segments to be like, oh, BT dubs, we were at the NBC upfronts and Nia Jax challenged Ronda Rousey. Find out what's going to happen on later on tonight. And then they played the whole thing, yeah, about 20 odd times throughout the show. Mm. And that would be cool if it was any good. But this was, this was terrible. This was so cringy. It was so awkward. Nobody came off good. In fact, I would say Charlotte... But I, I was like, before I was like, Charlotte's kind of tired. I'm getting tired of Charlotte, all her promos. I'm going to make magic with people. Uh, but, you know, I like Charlotte. I always thought, no, that's just WWE's presentation of her. And, you know, you you, you criticise that rather than the person itself. But the way she was in this segment, I'm like, now I just don't want to see you. But I think that, again, is WWE's presentation of it. Because this is a very heavily scripted segment. And she was given all of this rubbish and garbage to say. Okay, so if you haven't seen the segment, Ronda's being interviewed by WWE. Point number one, why didn't you get, like, an actual... You know, e news. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Do why it, didn't you get like E that. to do it? Because then they could have covered it and things like that. Anyway, it's on like a red carpet uh, at the NBC up front. At the NBC up front. So anyway, so Ronda's being interviewed by one of the their generic robot ladies. I think it was Dash. No, it was Kathy Kelly. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. WWE.com's own. She's not generic. I don't know. Who she's she was. a good one. I don't know who she was. Anyway, so she's been interviewed by this Kathy lady, and she's talking about her WrestleMania match. She says, "Well, I actually had a lot of help." And Charlotte awkwardly steps in and was like, "Hey, you may be." Ronda Rousey but can you do this woo and then Ronda tried to do the woo and that's actually my thing I'm getting a bit sick with with Charlotte Flair is doing the woo it's like and the strut of course she can do the woo it's not hard <laughs> and like, oh I did a better woo and she said oh I'm trying to get this woo it was it was like it was just patronising to the viewer yes. it's awful and then Nia Jack steps in and says like hey you may be able to woo but can you do this she holds up her Raw Women's Championship that was, I was like, okay. Now we're, this is the only good part of this. This was interesting because you, you switched from this, like, this crapness to the, oh, now S has got real. Uh, Nia Jax holds it up. She looks mean. Ronda Rousey, she turned into that mean face thing. And then rather than go, okay, bitch. Imagine if she said a bitch word. She goes, ah, oh, no, I couldn't possibly. I'm, I mean, I've only just got here. And which is okay. I know that's the route they're taking with the character. I, th- that's fine, but it was then just that they accept the match, and well, then well, Charlotte accepts the match. Char- yeah, yeah. Charlotte's just on the side. Going, you should accept it. Yeah, off camera, accept it. Oh god, it was just. But then we haven't got to the was worst. Was she bit drunk? Of we haven't got to the worst bit of this yet. So Ronda Rousey then accepts the challenge after Charlotte's um, 
uh, insistence, and she and they they sort of like they pose, and then Charlotte gets in between them and puts her arms around them and was like, "This is going to be good." Woo! And, and then they all did the woo, and then they all laughed, and they all said made jokes and japes, and they smiled at each other and walked off arm in arm, <laughs> chuckling all the way home. And I was like, well, now I couldn't possibly care about this. In what world is that dynamic supposed to be dramatically interesting? Exactly, that's what I mean. Like, not even, like, I, because, like, I was thinking, well, you know, I'm I'm approaching this from a fight perspective. I want to, I always see these as ending in matches, which is what wrestling should be structured around. But then I thought, hey, this is kind of trying to open up to a more female demographic who are into stuff like Total Divas, where their forms of conflict are a bit more standoffish and awkwardly structured. Yes, evenly more awkwardly structured and positioned than a WWE backstage promo. So maybe they were doing this so that you kind of riff off the structured reality Total Divas, Total Bellas vibe. But then I thought, but they all just walked off happy. There's no tension here. There's no cause to get intrigued the why would you and just uh yeah charlotte just just in the middle of all this she was looking completely gormless my theory is that the reason she's in there is because this is the clip that's going to be shared around loads of mainstream news outlets and you want to get nia Jax's face in there obviously because she's the challenger to rousey uh, sorry not the challenger she's the one with the title and you you introduce her to that way but if the plan is charlotte versus ronda rousey at wrestlemania next year then this is your first push of charlotte and rousey in the same picture and when it gets round to next april wwe can show clips of that and look oh look this is a long genius story but actually it's a crappy story yeah, but I mean, to the to the point, the title of this video mm. is this title shot far oh, yes. too early because yeah. you and I, we were sat there in waiting for Raw, and they sort of did this announcement, and we both went like, "Huh, man, they're doing this 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 match now." And then I, I ran into some friends of mine at the show, and they were like, "Are they really doing that match at Money in the Bank?" And I was like, "I mean, apparently so." And then uh, you know, big shout out to all the people that that came up and said hello to us at the show. Thank you very much for for watching and getting involved, and you know, just just saying hello. And it was it was bloody lovely. But um, a lot of the people that I spoke to there that came up was all saying like, "I mean, it's a bit soon, isn't it?" Yeah. Like it's it's not even like there's a couple of people that were like, "Oh, it's definitely the right time to do it." Every single person was like, "Seems a bit early." to be doing the Ronda Rousey title match. But so what are your thoughts? Is this title match too soon? It depends how they do it. Uh, I, in in my gut initially, I'm like, well, I thought you were going to build this thing with Natalia, uh, which I think is probably why Natalia got the win elsewhere on the card. And then like Ronda has someone who she's reportedly been training with for over a year to have her first singles match outside all the smoke and mirrors of that very excellent tag match. But fact of the matter is, there was a, an enormous amount of work that went into that and other people to make Ronda look the best she possibly could. So why you would then put her in the ring with Nia Jax, who we love, but is very, is limited and injures people often. Not, you know, not too often, but I think two injuries she's racked up now. Certainly has. Uh, so in less than a th- year. That's, uh, that's worrying. Um, but uh, Dave Meltzer pointed out on Wrestling Observer Radio, well... If this, if you put Ronda in the title match and Steph Nia effectively turns heel, aligning herself with Stephanie, and you build up that storyline, and Ronda is on the chase for this against the heel authority figure, yeah, I know, 
heard that one before. Well, that's that's my yeah. I, yeah. That, that, that's kind of why I, I sort of like groan and roll my eyes because I thought we'd sort of moved past the whole Stephanie McMahon thing. I thought that's why we had the big blow off at WrestleMania for that. Mm. Like, do you know what Ronda doesn't need is just more Stephanie McMahon angles. What she needs now is just to kind of establish herself within the Raw women's division and not be this just feuding with Stephanie McMahon all the time. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not going to help her. It's just going to get. I, I, I don't need to see it again. I've already seen it, and I've seen it culminate at WrestleMania. So, why why would we need to do it again? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's it's none of the ways come out good. Either Ronda wins, and you're like, well, you've just sacrificed a whole chase storyline. You've given away the end of the story way too early into Ronda's career. Of course, it would get. I mean, it would be very popular in in the mainstream press, which I guess what they're going for. But. Uh, but yeah, but it could be even yeah. more popular if you hold off on it. So the interesting thing, so WrestleVotes, who is <coughs> a Twitter account, who've broken quite a few things over the, the last year or so. They mm. were the ones who broke that there was going to be a dual-branded uh, pay-per-views moving forward in, in May of this year. And they were also they actually also broke that Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns was going to headline uh, Backlash when a lot of people didn't think it was going to. Um, which is obviously I didn't see because I thought AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura were going to. What do I know? But anyway, so they actually put up a tweet today saying that they spoke with their sources within WWE. So obviously this is all rumour and innuendo. It's all conjecture. It's all hearsay and whatnot. But according to their sources, take it with a pinch of salt, take it with whatever. According to their sources, the reason why they're doing this is because WWE didn't want to do another pay-per-view without Ronda Rousey on the card. But they didn't want her in the ladder match. So they... Uh, but because they don't want her in the Money in the Bank match, cool. We also then can't have her lose a qualifier, so this is the only option left, is to put her in a title match. This is the only... It's the only thing we do. Our backs are against the wall, guys. It's the only th- It's the only other option we had left. Was she, she was either in the ladder match or she was in a title match, because as we all know, you can't have more than two feuds going on at the same time. So you can't do like a Mickey James match or you can't do an Italian match. I think it's probably too early to do the Italian match, really. I thought yes. they were going to do the Mickey James route first. I thought Money in the Bank, they've kind of set themselves up, uh, you know, previous to this week, to do a tag match at... Um, Money in the Bank between um, Natalia and Ronda against Alexa and Mickey. Totally. Like, that's fine because then you can do more smoke and mirrors and stuff and then maybe you can build to a singles match between Ronda and Mickey uh, at Extreme Rules. Maybe then do, that's where you do the Natalia turn. Then you could do Natalia and Ronda at SummerSlam and just uh, just keep building Ronda up, get her these more wins, get her more exposure, get her more in-ring credibility before you put her into this title match. But according to WrestleVotes, the actual original plan was to do Nia and Ronda at SummerSlam. Hmm. Which sounds much better. Yeah, so she was always going to get a title match at SummerSlam, apparently. Uh, But now they've just moved that forward to Money in the Bank because, well, they had no other choice. Backs were against the wall, guys. There were no other options. So it is only two pay-per-views beforehand. So, like, that doesn't sound significant, but I really think it is. I think it is. Especially because Ronda is super over at the moment. But there is a huge... Well, not huge, but there is a, a, a significant portion of the fan base who want to see her fail. And will be like, and and maybe even the people who are on her side at the moment, it's going to be that Roman Reigns thing where, oh, you're, this is happening now, is it? I'm not, you know, I'm I'm getting a bit of pushback on how far you're going with the push. Exactly. So it's, I don't like, think it's, it's a good idea. It's, well, it's too like, soon. It's like Bailey. <coughs> Bailey got her title shots on Raw far too soon yeah. for her character, and and I think you know, Ronda, you could look at it the exact same way. It's just it's too. You should have been. Building up Bailey's, building up that chase, as you so brilliantly pointed out, 
you then get excited for this chase of Ronda trying to get the championship. And now it's just like, she's getting a title shot. She's only been in the company a couple of months. She debuted in January. She's had one match, and now she's got a title shot that the champion handpicked. And, I mean, it's likely she's going to win, because do you want to have Ronda lose her first singles match? Yeah. And now you're in that situation we were talking about with Big Cass and Daniel Bryan, where you've booked yourselves into a corner because this match looks great on paper. It looks great for the pay-per-view audience. But now, oh, we don't we don't have a finish we can really do. Don't want Nia to lose. Don't want Ronda to lose. So what do we do now? Mm. Yeah, I. It's it was. It seems short-sighted. Uh, it could all work out, but right now it seems short-sighted. And it was a rubbish segment to introduce it in. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Before we get on with the full Raw review, we have some Patreon shout-outs to our Pledge Hammers, who uh, are very nice to kind enough to donate over $25 a month or more. But there's loads of other things that you can get for various other pledges. $5 a month gets you the Wrestle Ramble Extra podcast. Uh, $10 gets you the Ramble Club podcast, which is where we sort of review all the the best matches of the month from outside of WWE, which we're finishing later today, aren't we? And yes. we read Big Apple Takedown. It's we finally finished the first chapter in this episode. Oh, we certainly took do. us three months, but we got there. It's it's idiotically dense, and, there, and there's a lot to unpack. Yes, it's almost like every other line. There's a question like, "Oh, what does this mean?" And yeah, like, and there's a lot lot to unpack. Who wrote this line, really? Uh, so, Paulie Dangerously German. Thank you. you that was again? a terrible bell. Uh, the hundred dollar man, CD Horver. That that's right. That's the right pronunciation. I think so. Uh, John McBride of Frankenstein. The Craftsman, Blake Carpenter. Michael, name your price. Kevin Rasmataz Chapel. Caught in a web. No. Tra- caught in a Travis web. Nearly. 
Cam uh, no, no, talk about me bluffing this up now. Courtney Villainess Havoc Summers, who you can follow on Twitter at Villainess Havoc. She's like one of our longest running pledgehammers. She certainly is. I trust you as Sam Farah as I can throw you. One of my favourite ones I've ever come up with. David Hendricks is God Mackenzie, who you met. I met. At the yes, Rev Pro Show. At the Rev Pro Show, he came to say hi, and I was like, do you want to get a picture? And he said, no. <laughs> Off. But it was nice that you offered. Yes. Christopher the Conda Johnson. The incredible Jorge Henriquez. Some good R rolling. Thank you. Rob Pontin Problems. Pontin. Matthew Preston City Wrestling. I feel like my bells have gotten worse. Sean Far From Bland Blandford. Richard the Dragon Stevens. Stem Cell Robert Stemmen. And Big Ben Spires. We will have the rest of our $25 and above Pledgehammer shoutouts on the Smackdown review tomorrow. Haha, <laughs> it's a Raw review looking jacked, man! So Raw kicked off with the Nia Jax, Ronda Rousey, all what's going to happen later on in the show tease, but the actual in the ring stuff started with Roman Reigns coming out. Now, of course, we watched it there live, and we've watched it on TV broadcast with commentary mm. wow that adds nothing well i was going to ask actually because we do have this uh, mm. this perspective here uh, how did you find the show watching it live versus the taped ver well the, the the broadcast version that you watched this morning i was just i was shocked by how that the, the crowd the, the london crowd were very vocal on the tv broadcast but it seemed so much louder in the arena. Mm. I think there were times when the London crowd were very much dead, which I don't particularly blame them for. It was what was put in front of them. But th th we were alive for, for certain bits and pieces. But I think there was stuff very much that was edited off this mm. show. We um, Certainly when Sami Zayn cut his promo, the London crowd was singing his entrance music as they used to do in NXT. But in the broadcast version, that was all cut down. Yeah, That was all cut out. Yeah, it's, it sort of comes back to Sami with, and enough of that, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, but Roman Reigns came out to open the show and surprise surprise he got booed heavily yeah or as um michael cole put it he was he's being serenaded by the london crowd mm. serenaded with booze perhaps yeah you, you, you get there eventually with the wording maybe but it seemed like either it was it was a bit lower in volume or and or, or maybe possibly and it was cut down a bit as well mm, because he if i remember when roman got into the ring we didn't we booed him for quite a long time and he played up to that but in the tv broadcast it seemed to be roman gets in the ring there's a little bit of booing and then promo i was do you know what i was really gutted about we did not get a bizarro world reference from Corey graves but he did say that um the london crowd uh, do like to voice their opinions we're vocal we're vocal uh, so roman comes out and he's like there was Last week, I, I was cheated out of a money in the bank position by Jinder Mahal, who grabbed my leg. And I'm, I'm calling you out, Jinder. Jinder got a huge pop. We cheered everything for Jinder and booed everything Roman did. It was funny as well because, um, I mean, I'll be honest, your read of that line was, was far too... Um, I don't want to use the word manly, but it was, it was far too um, aggressive. It was, it, yeah. was, it was far too, like... I need to do the right thing. Because really, Roman's promise just becomes, no, I got screwed. Mm. I didn't win at the Greatest Royal Rumble. I didn't win at WrestleMania. WWE management is screwing me out of my championship. And I'm like, uh, it's, it makes me actively like dislike him so much. And I feel like he's getting, I know you put a lot of intonation there, and that's definitely the tone of the context, but in the delivery, 
He's quite wooden. It just sounds bored. Yeah. I think even he knows it's rubbish. Yes. Uh, So Jinder doesn't come out. Uh, Kurt Angle and his floppy wrists do. Uh, We were there floppy wrists. Floppy in our wrists along with Kurt. And Kurt says, I thought Kurt's performance here was pretty good. Uh, we were just on the edge of our seat waiting for him to say something wrong. He got a, a bit of a what treatment, uh, but he actually performed it very well. He was kind of saying, last week I was thinking emotionally, but uh, I should have thought logically about Jinder getting a Money in the Bank qualifier match. So I know what's best for business. And he did this wonderful pause before he said that, like he was reluctant to, because the con- you know you can make up, you can realise for yourself that Stephanie McMahon has told him off. And yes. they didn't shove that down our throats. No. It was quite, quite nicely told. No, we are heading for a Stephanie McMahon return. Uh, it seems to be, uh, it seems to be coming soon. One would assume because he was on. Like we've always questioned, like who's he on the phone with? Today it was revealed that he was on the phone with Stephanie McMahon, and she told him to change the main event that we got later on in the show. And he was very like he. They were keep pointing out here that it's not Kurt Angle that's holding him back. It's quote WWE management, aka it's Stephanie McMahon. So they're trying to run this angle that it's it's the system that's holding Roman down, and he's fighting against that system. Um, and it was really weird about this though. Like Roman's whole deal at the moment is that he is whining and complaining that he is not being given uh, another Universal Championship match because, quote, he's the rightful Universal Champion and he's been screwed and this, that and the other. It's the exact same promo and character that Kevin Owens is also doing as well, only he's a heel and Michael Cole doesn't like it when he does it. Mm. It's it's really bizarre how WWE can just not see that they've done the exact same character twice, but one of them is a heel and they look at it, well, this guy's a badass, look at him fighting against the system. And Jinder as well to an extent. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's always like, I want to be put in these things, here's my demands, but I guess Jinder hasn't been screwed, Kevin Owens hasn't actually been screwed. There is more of an argument that... Reigns has well, yeah, but Reigns lost at uh, WrestleMania. Yes, and he just per- clean in the middle and just got another match yes. out of it. Uh, so oh, but he did. He put up a good fight. But you know what's worrying, and maybe this does reveal what the Ronda Rousey plans are. It's they, these are syncing up quite nicely. Stephanie McMahon's that like hints that she's a presence again are syncing up with Ronda Rousey's first singles match are they though yeah like the first mention of stephanie mcmahon was last week when someone said it and kurt said don't remind me that stephanie's watching this week like it's more of a presence when stephanie's actively changing matches and it just so happens to be the same time that ronda rousey is challenging naya maybe you're right maybe maybe Maybe, i mean that would be that's good storytelling but so you think they're gonna, it's just not a story I want to hear. You think they're leading to a uh, <laughs> Stephanie and uh, Kevin Owens versus Roman and Ronda match? That might not be terrible. Well, it's, Owens and Reigns are good together. Because the only thing they can do with Ronda is either put in <coughs> title matches or tag matches against Stephanie. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, where were we? God. Uh, Jinder. Oh, yes, Roman Reigns is like, well, I get I get what you've got to do, Kurt. You've got a family. But I've got to do what I've got to do. And he walks backstage. He finds Jinder. The crowd singing the Na 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 song to wave him off. And Jinder brilliantly throws Sunil Singh into Roman as defence. Uh, but Roman gets the better of him eventually and beats him up out into the crowd. And they separate. And that's that. And Jinder sold this throughout the show because like, he gave him one Superman punch. And later on, Jinder is having his ribs taped up. Yeah, well, it, just the angle that it comes down in, it crushes, <laughs> crushes the abdomen. Oh. oh, and it snaps those ribs. 
Uh, but next up, we got what I, th- you know, it probably would have been nicer if this went on later. Because I was really looking forward to this. Uh, and it, n- when it was out the way immediately, it was like, ah, oh, there's three out, like, because it's long. It's yeah. not just a three hour show in 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 the live event terms it's it's quite long yes uh, but it was Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens Kevin Owens had answered Rollins's intercontinental open challenge earlier in the day and they had a terrific match. I see what was really funny about this as well. So I spoke to various different people um, throughout the night. So I spoke to, to friends of mine and to you know, members of the Swap Nation who came. I didn't up to talk say, to anyone. Well, I just sat down and watched stuff. And you were like, "Oh, what? Oh, it's my friend over there. Hi, guys, over there." So, so popular. That's the problem. Despite what YouTube tells you, it's like you. you're running for election. <laughs> but the, I spoke to a lot of people, and actually, I spoke to some you know, guys on the tube as we were coming home as well. Every person that I spoke to all thought, "Man, I was really hoping Pete Dunne was going to um, answer the uh, the Intercontinental Championship thing." And when I said when people said that, because I knew it was Kevin Owens, because I think that had already been announced before we'd got there, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, Pete Dunne would have been a really cool guy to answer the the challenge, or someone like that." So you know, so it wasn't Kevin Owens, but I'm. We did get a really great match out of this, but it would have been nice if it was like a a match that we hadn't seen previously, like what I really liked with um, Seth and Mojo last week. Yeah, uh, as my, I mean, it's been a while since we've had Rollins and Owens, but when we did have it, it was every week for about three months. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you get the thing is, you can have Owens Rollins any week, really. So really to capitalise on the UK crowd. I know Pete Dunne's meant to be a heel, and he, he's good enough where he can work. He's good enough as a heel, and Rollins is good enough as a babyface where they can get the crowd cheering the right pe- and booing the right people. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. But we did get a great match. Um, that I really like how set all these matches that Rollins is having, it's like people, wrestlers come in, and they're like, here's my moveset, here's your usual spots, I'm going to put my moveset into your usual spots to play with the structure of a usual Seth Rollins match. And it's making it fresh and really interesting every time. The Finn Balor bits uh, in their like trilogy, and now the Owens match here. Re- re- it's, this is really good stuff with yeah. Rollins at the moment. Yeah, really, really enjoyed this. Um, they did a, a spot when uh, Kevin Owens was trying to powerbomb him on the apron, and Rollins reversed that and hit a falcon arrow Onto the uh, the side of the apron, which looked like it absolutely sucked to take, and they it's did the hardest part of the well, ring. Look, there's no give, and it um it built to a really really great ten count spot where both guys got in like at nine and a, and a three quarters. It was a really really close call them getting back in. Great series of punches and clotheslines, and the crowd started chanting, "This is awesome," which I thought was a, a bit much. It was really good, but it wasn't like a a burn a burn the house down uh, match. And this is when it ties into what you were saying there, where they. Rollins set up to do the superplex into the, the Falcon Arrow that he often does. And he leaped up and he hooked Kevin Owens up for it. But as he went to hook him up, in fact, Kevin Owens hooked him up instead and hit a key crusher off the top, uh, which looked really, really cool. Uh, I've I got, got Fishman Buster, just in case think, you're yes. corrected. Well, well, yeah, it looks like a key crusher as well. It was like a uh, low-keys old move. Um, but yeah, it was really good. And, like, Rollins rolled outside and Kevin Owens did that great thing where you like you struggle and you're reaching. Like, ah, I was so... Taken from the jaws of victory. And then as Owens rolled him back in, he was climbing in through the ropes and Seth gave him the curb stomp and won. I think you thought the the finish came out of nowhere. You sort of reacted. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked it. I, that's it, The curb stomp is that kind of move, isn't it? I, But I, I liked the match a lot. I wouldn't have changed it. Uh, I was just like, oh, okay, that's the finish. Yeah. Um, good match overall. It's, yeah. a, it's a TV match. Like They shouldn't be having pay-per-view five-star matches on TV 
although these are very good you should save those for for the larger events yeah i really i really enjoyed this you the so luke turned to me it was just before the the superplex spot and you were like oh i, I mean i wonder what's going to happen now or like it was something to the effect of i it's like you know what seth rollins is going to do before he does it but it's still really good and then he was gonna i was like oh yeah and here comes the superplex into the falcon arrow spot and then owens reversed it it was awesome so really good. really He's well great stories worked us yeah uh then we got the naya jackson ronda rousey full clip for the first time yep the full thing <sighs> then we got from the from the worst segment of the night to the best oh the excellent, B-team. excellent segue there. Yeah, so Ken Angle is backstage. He's on the phone because, of course, he is. And Bo and Axel walk in. And they've quickly become one of my favourite things on Raw. Eh? 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 So they wanted a championship match, and they start calling themselves they, the A-team. They've moved away from the Miz-Siraj, but they're now the A-team. And Kurt Angle says, and you laughed a lot at this because <laughs> the verbiage was so awful. It's like, guys, the A-team was a TV show. And a movie remake. Yeah. It's like someone has written the script. And fine, you write that for the first draft. But then when you read it aloud or you get people to workshop the script and the lines, you then go, oh, no, wait, that's, that doesn't need, that's not natural. We take that line out. You just need to say the TV series. Yeah. Or like, but or, they didn't do that stage. Or the original line was just, it was a TV series. And then one of the other writers was like, oh, they did the movie remake as well. I was like, oh, well, yeah, we better add that in. Yeah. Anyway. Otherwise, people might try and correct us. So we need to get that in and make sure we specifically say it's a movie remake. Mm. Um, but they say like, oh, okay, we're not going to be the A team. We're going to be the B team. Kurt Angle calls it stupid. Curtis Axel calls it stupid. But Bo says, no, the B stands for best. And all of a sudden, Curtis Axel's like, yeah, it does. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. I loved this so much. But Kurt pointed out they've not won a tag team match. And they were like, well, the Miz-Siraj may not have won a match, but the B team is undefeated. They got a huge pop. It did. You can hear it on the, even though it's a back ta- uh, a backstage segment, you can hear the pop from the background. Yeah, the uh, the London crowd really got into the B team. Mm. So then they, Kurt Angle said they were going to put him in action later because they can't be put into a title match just yet. And they were very, very excited by this, as were the UK crowd. And it got to the point when, uh, as that segment finished, I was like, I, I need to, at some point, I'm going to need to go get another drink and I'm going to need to go to the loo. But I do not want to miss this. I want. I, I have to come back because I don't. I do not want to hold miss. it in. I want. I do not want to miss mm. the B team. Yeah, they're really good. The delivery, the comedic delivery from all three men, even Kurt, was very good. Yeah. Uh-uh. Then we got Bobby Roode beating Baron Corbin and No Way Jose <laughs> for a Money in the Bank qualifier match. Oh man, the your like all excitement, hope. Your dreams, your love of life was just like drained away from you when you just heard that. Mm-hmm. No way, and and you just instantly was like, <sighs> yeah. And you know what they did? The in the live for the live crowd, Jose would come out with his weird sex party train, and they'd walk around the ring a bit. Then on the TV broadcast, they go, eh, well, the match is happening next. And then they come back, and Jose's still, like, partying along with the crowd. That's because we got four uninterrupted minutes of them all just dancing around the ring, and Jose just weirdly shimmying and doing this. Oh, God. And everyone was into it, apart from me. I, I felt like a real <laughs> stick in the mud. I was going to say, everyone was like, the whole underground was like, no way, Jose, really getting into it, apart from you. 
Actually, no, apart from you and Jojo, I don't think Jojo didn't look too impressed with it either. Jojo seemed a bit grumpy. Well, and then she had a trophy pushed on top of it, which I don't think helped matters. Uh, But yeah, Jojo did look grumpy. um, So yes, that was that. that. There was a bit where I was watching Jojo quite a bit throughout the night. There was a bit where she was sitting at ringside uh, and she produced a phone. And I was like, where the hell was that phone on you? She probably just left it by her seat. I don't know, but it seemed like she got it out of a pocket, and that such a tight dress. I was like, where are the pockets <laughs> on this thing? Um, but yeah, so it was uh, Baron Corbin and Bobby Roode were also in this match. Bobby Roode got a, de- a decent reaction. It's I, I think that he is getting very cold. His music is getting a good reaction. That's more like it. Yeah. The word glorious gets a decent reaction. And then when he does the hand thing, yes. it's like a Pavlovian response. We all know we're meant to say glorious. But that was that more or less about it. When he actually wrestles the crowd, and the crowd did go very quiet for this match. Mm. Very, very quiet. Because it it was, you know, it, it went quite long, I thought. But Baron Corbin is very good. He is impressively tall uh, in real life. And the, I thought he, I really, again, I thought he was a standout. Even though he is a bit green, I suppose. And Bobby Roode is like the the ring general of this match. I just like the way Bobby, sorry, Corbin wrestles and when he tore his top off and he riled up the crowd. There was a bit when he did a diving clothesline off the ring apron onto Bobby. Sounded awesome. And then he just goes crazy with these stomps on Rude. Uh, the, the crowd, I don't know if this came across on the TV broadcast, were chanting to uh, Football's Coming Home, the theme. By the lightning seeds mm. for Euro 1996. And... Frank Skinner, oh, yeah, Frank Skinner and David Baddiel. That's right. Can't Deal forget Skinner. those guys. I'm just so focused on the lightning seeds. Yeah. I love the lightning seeds. Uh, that they chanted, what? Corbin's going bald. He's going bald. He's going bald. He's going. Corbin's going bald. Which was very funny. It was very funny, although I did feel like it was, you know, kid, you know, Kids with glass houses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We were, we were throwing stones there. We were throwing stones. Uh, but... Yeah, uh, Rude won with a glorious DDT on Jose when Corbin was outside, and yeah. there you go. It was a typical WWE three-way match, two people in the ring, one person outside the selling. God, it was really, being there live, it's really obvious, those spots. Like, Jose was outside for ages, just on the, the apron like this, just because he, he fell out the ring. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like he was struck or taken out on the outside it 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 does look awkward, and it's like that's a great tactic. If I was a wrestler in a shoot match like that, I would just sit outside for as long as possible and then scoop up the scraps. Yes, but that wasn't what that wasn't what he was telling. Um, it, it watching it live, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that we've we've spoken about this before because I know we've noticed this before. But when you like watching on TV is one thing, but when you go to watch these things live, you suddenly realise that yeah, all of these matches are exactly the same. Mm. They all have the exact same. Um, like pattern and they all have the exact same not spots but they all have the exact same like peaks and troughs so it's very easy then for people to just get to kind of switch off in the during the match because we, we've seen the match already like we've, we've seen it in one match then you just see it in the next match then you see it in the next match and yeah it was really because I thought this was a, a decent show I thought it was a, you know, a decent show overall but all the matches were exactly the same yeah and we hate to be these guys but we went to Rev Pro on Friday, which were, is, a, is an independent British promotion. And they had Keith Lee and Tomohiro Ishii and Matt Riddle and loads of really talented guys. And every match felt completely different. There'd be a cruiserweight one. Then there'd be this, like, just 
big move spot fest and then something else high flying match and they're all like really different with their own structures and some of those were good some of those were bad but at least it was different variety the variety but like you said here the people are different and the moves are different but the the overall emotional journey is exactly the same yes uh, yeah. and it does become a bit tiring variety comes in packs of eight unless it's wwe mm-hmm. uh kevin o- owens confronted kurt next backstage saying that he unfairly lost to seth although it was totally clean and said well i'm gonna call stephanie mcmahon to get added to that money in the bank qualifier match later and kurt was like don't threaten me. And Kevin Owens awesomely said, it's not a threat, mate. And he got his phone out and started calling Stephanie. And then Kurt went straight into the trainer's room where Jinder is selling his ribs from that Superman punch. I like this. This was this was good. It, it made it feel like yes. a world where people interact with each other backstage rather than just standing in a line in front of a camera. Yes. Uh, and it was uh, Angle said that, um, hey, Jinder, you have to wrestle tonight. Because. And then it's like he realises... It's, it's best, best for business. business. So that was a nice, nice little uh, callback. Yeah. Next up, we have here it is match of the night: the B team versus Breezango. Like instantly, I'm excited because it's Breezango. I'm even more excited because now it's the B team. Mm. Very excited by this. Um, it's weird because we were just talking about variety, and this is the perfect time where you could have a full-on comedy match. Yes, freshen that up. And this was this had comedic elements, but it was still the same WWE match. Yeah, well, just be- with a, a few bits of comedy. funniness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you beat down one of them, and then they get the hot tag, mm. and then the, that the hot tag runs wild. It was the it's the same tag match, very formulaic tag match, but the comedy did sort of help that a little bit. They also announced as well that Brizango are going to be live tweeting the royal wedding this weekend. Should be great. Yes, because Fandango is a naturally very funny person. Yes. I'm surprised they've given that man a live social media feed. Well, yeah, I mean, it will likely be monitored. It will likely Mm. type something up and be like, is this okay? Six second delay. Yeah. Uh, Corey said on uh, on commentary before this match started, you know, making fun of the B-team's losing streak, wait a minute, we don't count wins and losses around here anymore? I was like, that's been for quite some time, Corey. Actually, it was Michael Cole that said that because Corey was Gray, it? Yeah, I think it was Cole that said like, "Oh, do wins and losses not mean anything anymore?" Because then Booker T made the excellent point was like, "Hey, before we were Harlem Heat, we were this tag team and we didn't win anything. Then we became Harlem Heat, and we started winning things." And then they've like, I think they tried to shut him down because that was an excellent point and that's not what they want out of Booker T. However, I will say this about Booker T because I've got to read you something that he said. Like beat for beat, word for word. This is a quote from Booker T. Look around you, Corey. The people love Brizango. The fashion police. We're here in lovely old England. The Queen. And that was it. And I was like, I was like, cool. What was the point towards the end? The Queen, man. <laughs> he just went. We're here in lovely old England. The Queen. Charlotte. Charlotte Flair. <laughs> Charlotte Flair's also around. Oh, oh she's not there. Though, gonna is she? be good. <laughs> Woo! Uh, but this was a fun match. And I kind of forgot how great Fandango is as a wrestler as well. Yeah, his he's punches so are wicked. Yeah, just everything he does. It's a it, it's a shame he's not given more time to still do the comedy and be a serious ass kicker as well. Yeah, uh, uh, crowd were also chanting the A Team theme uh, throughout this as well. Although, which is excellent. I will say. You chant the A team theme, but you don't do the whole team. You just do the bit that people know. Mm. Which is the da 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 da. The theme changes after those beats. There, it goes into something a little bit different. Da 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 da. But they don't do that bit. They just do this bit here, which 
confuse me. You call them out. You tell them what's what, Luke. I'm going to call them. I'm going to tell them what's what. Uh, So Charlie Caruso gets in the ring after the B-team win, and they are... Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel are selling this like it's the biggest thing that's ever happened to them. It was very funny. And they're they're just like, the B-team's here to stay, and we're coming after those tag team championships. So good. Yeah, this is funny. Absolutely. You said that anything is possible for the B-team. Loved it. So... Some things look really good on TV and don't look good live. Some things look really good live that don't necessarily look as good on TV. Sasha Banks and Natalia and Ember Moon versus the Riot Squad looked a lot better on TV. Because this yeah. was an okay match when I watched it back. But in in the arena, it looked so choreographed and slow. And people didn't look like they were having a fight. They looked like... I was gonna. I'm gonna stand here. You're going to do something to me. It was just not believable in the slightest when I was watching it. Apart from when Natalia got in the ring. Oh yeah, Natalia was great. She was really crisp. And when Ember Moon did a dive, yeah, which em- was awesome. Ember's dive was absolutely awesome. The crowd were absolutely dead for this match because it, it, it's, it's not good live. No, it, and it really wasn't good live. Mm. Although my my positive note to take out of this is that I'm I'm really turning a corner on Sarah Logan. I'm really, really turning a corner on her. But then you and I had that the, the conversation about Sarah Logan when we were watching her, and you said she might be the best member of the Riot Squad. And then you stopped yourself, and was like, "I oh, know because Ruby Wright's there." And I was like, "Okay, well, she's the second best member of the Riot Squad." And we went, "Yeah," and you just comfortably, me, <laughs> yeah, comfortably, she's the second best, second best. Yeah. Uh, so Natalia tapped out Morgan in the end with a sharpshooter, which popped the the Bret Hart loving London crowd huge, yep. and. Yeah, I just I I Natalia getting the win here rather than Sasha, who's actually in a storyline, kind of with Bailey and Ember Moon, who's just been called up. Giving Natalia the win, like signals to me that she's still going to get that Ronda match. Mm, yeah, and this is going to be the start of building Natalia up. To maybe that'll be the title match at SummerSlam once Ronda wins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, McIntyre, Natty, Natty gets jealous that she was instantly came in. She was treated like a star. She got the title yeah. right off the bat. That's not bad. It's not bad. And SummerSlam is a bigger show, so you can have a better match with Natalia and Rousey at SummerSlam. It's just a... Well, get, get Natalia to win the title then, rather than uh, from Nia Jackson have Ronda outside. I don't know. I don't something. Know. Uh, so Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler cut a promo next on their phone, and Drew McIntyre said, all these WWE superstars have become complacent, and he, all these things, like they're just phoning it in. You've got to really like flip over the buffet table or whatever weird analogy he used and the the most criminal people of those are Finn Balor and Braun Strowman who are their tag team opponents later in the evening when really the actual guy most guilty of being complacent and just not just walking the wrong way on a treadmill forever is Dolph Ziggler who's his tag team partner so as much as I love these Drew uh, Drew McIntyre promos it it falls down because the guy he's with is everything he's talking about. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, he was talking about. Well, the other side of uh, Galloway, Galloway McIntyre's promo is that all Finn Balor is is, a, is an entrance. He's just a flashy entrance, and all Braun has ever done is flip over cars. You know, which granted Dolph Ziggler has never done, but what else has Dolph done? Let's not money, get money into back. this again. He's done things. He has done things. But Drew is one hundred percent. Drew is the star of this mm. team. He does make Dolph slightly more interesting. But that's only because Drew is so good. And then 
man, when he came out, came out later on, I was like, I'm, I'm in, a little bit in love with Drew McIntyre. I think he's so good. He's a big guy. He's a big old guy. So next, boy. Up, next up, we had the deleter of worlds beating the revival. We got to see a revival entrance. Yeah. That was cut out of the TV broadcast. Jobber entrance for the revival. Yeah. Poor old revival. It's, it's depressing. So it is depressing. It's Actually depressing. And Authors of Pain were on main event. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. So the main event matches we got were Authors of Pain beating Titus Worldwide. I believe we didn't actually see that match because we were getting burgers. Um, but yeah, that was like cool. So they're already on main events, are they? Uh, and then it was uh, Mojo and Chad Gable. I think was the yeah, main caught event. the end of that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like open goal WWE, the revival, and Authors of Pain, and Bobby Roode. It took them a year with Shinsuke. Christ. Uh, so the Deleter of Worlds match was really fun live because Bray's awesome and Matt has a lot of chance and everyone enjoyed chanting along with Matt and Bray. Yes. He's doing the wonderful, wonderful and he's got the whole world in his hands. I love Bray Wyatt's hot tag and their matches are so much better without commentary. Although, there's an interesting point to this. So you, when they're coming down to the ring, Corey and Cole start doing their usual broken gimmick shtick where they were just like, oh yeah, and who's this guy with this bald-headed guy that you've got me trolling on social media? And it's like, yeah, it's, it's that's, oh no, that's Senor Benjamin, you can't say, but it's the same crap every week. Only this time, Michael Cole seems to be saying that he's turned a corner and he's now, he gets the Woken gimmick. He now says he gets it. He's becoming Woken himself. Well, that's good. I guess. Uh, Bailey was walking backstage preparing for her match. Uh, this this happened twice where people... So Bailey here and Jinder later on, they started walking to their match about two segments before their match. She's warming oh, two up, isn't man. that big. She's warming up. She's getting her steps up. No, she was, what, what Fitbit yeah, Exactly. <laughs> She's got to get her 10,000 steps a day. And Sasha Banks stops her and goes, good luck. And Bailey's like, thanks, and walks off. It was weird because we didn't get the audio for that live. So it just looked like they walked, stopped, and then they just carried on walking. Which was equally as interesting. Yeah. Then Sami Zayn came out and so that cut. this was when everyone was really into Sami, singing along with his music. That was all in the commercial break. Uh, but then it comes back to Sami and he has a doctor's note. Yes, because he's got vertigo, which um, and that's why he couldn't compete at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Wink. Um, so, but he vertigo from the the vertical suplex, the delayed vertical suplex that Bobby Lashley gave him three weeks ago. And he had this whole thing about getting this doctor's note out. It was a nice chant that didn't quite catch on of "Sick Note Sammy," mm. which I enjoyed. And he could pull out the glasses. One of my other favorite gimmicks on Raw is Sammy Zayn's glasses. And he reads out this doctor's note, which essentially was just the Wikipedia um, result of what vertigo is, which is really really funny. But he. He also said that Bobby Lashley is a phony and he played I thought they were gonna play the whole thing but he started playing the the, the interview that Bobby Lashley did with Renee Young last week the interview that, that Ollie loved so much why don't you tell people how much you loved it I didn't love it Luke's <laughs> being uh, insincere <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's it, it's weird that they've done two really bad interviews like this in consecutive weeks with Bobby last week and Ronda this week but anyway, they're really good at it. But Bobby, in that interview, talked about loving his three sisters. And it was an attempt to give Bobby Lashley some character backstory, but just made him more asinine than he already was. Uh, oh, but you know, no, it worked so well because the crowd was so into Bobby in the main event. And events. his sisters. They were so into him. He was cheered at the building because of that promo last week. Well, we'll come on to that. 
So it, it cuts back to Sammy and Sammy says, well, I've done a bit of snooping. I've found Bobby Lashley on Facebook. By the way, everything Sammy did here was brilliant. So his, good. His delivery is excellent. And it's just crazy for a man who was who didn't speak and was under a mask for the majority of his career. Uh, but he, he talks about how he's tracked down Bobby's sisters. And next week on Raw, he'll reveal the truth behind Bobby Lashley. Yeah. So I don't think this is going like the whatever this payoff is isn't going to be worth the the awfulness of that original interview no but i am curious to see where they're going to go are they going to like actually have bobby's sisters or are they going to be three actor like old women and they're going to make sammy's going to make fun of bobby lashley via that? i i'll be honest i don't see any way this segment is going to go well because no matter what they do, because WWE... I can't say they don't do comedy well, because sometimes they do do comedy well. B-Team, Fandango, actually Sami Zayn. But this just screams to me, this might be the This Is Your Life of 2018. Yeah, yeah. And you, so This Is Your Life... And that was by by someone who was a very good promo, Alexa Bliss. So it's not just how good the the promo people are. Like Sami Zayn could have a bad segment if the the script's not good enough. So yes, yeah. it's uh we'll find out next week. Haven't got high hopes, but maybe we'll all be wrong. All I'm saying is that WWE don't have a great track record of like bringing in quote unquote outside characters to for like interview segments. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I can't really think of. I can't really think of any good ones. Well, uh, there's the famous Mick Foley one. Yes, but that's that segment is good, but it does go on for far too long, the, yeah, and it, it is long. it is remembered fondly. And if you watch it in small chunks, it's great. But watching the whole thing in one massive like forty five minute chunk that it goes on for, it does does drain a little bit. You can say that about most WWE these days. So next up we had Alexa Bliss beating Bailey and Mickey James. This was the match that Bailey had started her ring entrance for about half an hour beforehand. And it was it was a bit boring to be honest. This was late in the show. It was a fine match. It wasn't as awkward looking as the six woman tag. Uh it was most interesting for a guy who was super into Alexa Bliss in the crowd on the floor and he had a sign that said Alexa do you fancy a cheeky Nando's and Nando's is a oddly popular chicken restaurant in the UK I don't know if it's in America I don't think it's broken over that far yet despite despite the fact of its South South American origins Mm. and there's a there's a there's a popular bit of slang over here you know do you fancy a cheeky Nando's and it's kind of like Netflix and chill wink wink it's a, it's it's a come on line and it's also one of will osprey's moves you love it in fact actually when we were at the road pro show and there was during the el fantasmo uh, will osprey match and osprey hit the cheeky nando's kick the crowds all went cheeky nando's and you groaned like, i just think it's a terrible groaned. name for a move it's a really <laughs> cool looking move and and you've called it that uh but, but stormbreaker give me more stormbreakers <laughs> awesome name for a move cheeky nando's yeah. there's a disparity there so uh yeah the match itself wasn't that engaging but everyone started chanting cheeky nando's yes and in honor on, of this guy and just nando's nando's was the most over thing in this match mm-hmm. and and that lad with his sign um and it's funny i actually forgot who won this match <laughs> i went to go see my old housemate after the match he was like oh, i'm surprised bailey didn't get into the uh, the ladder match and i was like really and i went who did yeah 
I forgot. And Alexa Bliss. So, I mean, Bailey could have a Ronda Rousey match. Mickey James could have a Ronda Rousey match. There are other people no, there. They, they had no other options, Ollie. Come on. So Jinder now starts his entrance to a match that's going to happen in 20 minutes' time. He's selling his ribs from that Superman punch. Uh, and he, Jinder is really good. Now, now he doesn't have a title on him. He's actually very good. He's turned into a really good performer in, the, in this Hill character. Because the way he was just like overselling these ribs as he was stumbling along backstage. And he, he pauses for a moment in a door frame. And then he w- obviously checking where Roman is off camera. And then he steps forward slightly. And then Roman spears him through a wall. But it was that that wall revealed another corridor. So it's like, well, that was that's a corridor. <laughs> that was put some, put some MDF in like, front of. It's even got signposts directing into where the the fake wall would be. Oh, no, it was just cover up those signs with a a sweet country music <laughs> <Your heart>. poster. <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it was quite phony. But like it's, it's supposed to be this cool badass moment because he speared him through a wall. But it's not like so. On our, I feel like we're constantly trying to plug this thing. But on our WrestleMania X Seven podcast we did for Wrestle Ramble Extra, I my my favorite match of the night, obviously apart from the, the main event, which is great, is the 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 triple threat hardcore match between Raven, Big Show, and Kane. Beyond and- TLC too. You like that more than TLC, too. Oh, I, I love that hardcore match so much. It's it's just nonsense. I love it. But there's a portion of that match that's all backstage, and they essentially fight through a purposefully built, like, contained area that's just got walls and random tables that they can just throw themselves through and throw themselves through walls. And I loved it because it just felt like absolute nonsense, and it was thoroughly entertaining. But here, when he's speeding through the wall, and you just see this MDF, like, collapse, and the wall collapses like old biscuits, and I'm like, that actually looks really pants. There's a there's two cables that dangle down from the ceiling. And I feel like someone's gone, this will, this will make it look real. Don't yeah. worry, guys, I've got this. And Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was a cool spot. And when Roman, like, speared Jinder through the wall... I cheered, and then I and most people, most other people did, and then I think we all realised no Roman did that. Boo, that's poor Jinder. Well, that's it. And I've written in my notes here. I'm pretty sure Roman Reigns could find the cure for cancer and mm. still get booed. Like yeah. it's just there's no hope for him now. No. Uh, next up, we had the mouth-watering match of Finn Balor and Braun Strowman versus Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Hashtag yes, please. And when it was announced, I was like, well, yes, this is awesome. We're getting to see this. But really? You've just you've done this Nia Jackson Ronda Rousey match, which kind of books you into a corner. And here, you don't want to beat Braun. You don't want to beat the new tag team of Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre in really their first proper match, because everything has been relatively short squash matches so far. How do you get around this? And the answer, Luke? Is beating Finn Balor. You beat Finn Balor. Of course it is. Drew is, was massively over here and massive. He's yes. Just, he's a tall boy. Yes, yeah, so he is really tall, but standing alongside Braun, he's only about an inch shorter. And I, I, I feel like we haven't had a chance to realise that. Even the, even the view, like not just us in the live crowd, but uh, viewers watching the TV show, seeing Braun, who's p- 
presented as this monster and Drew being so close in height. It was really cool to see. Yeah, and this match was all built around teasing that showdown between Braun and Drew. So like anytime Drew would get tagged in, he'd just sort of tag himself out because he didn't want to get involved with Braun. And they did some like bits here and there, but they didn't really have like a, a showdown. You're saving that for, for later down the line, I suppose. And then I, this was fun. This was, a, 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 a again, a very formulaic, but, you know, fun tag match nonetheless. Why well, really like... I- actually really like this match because of how they kept Drew and Braun apart and Braun Strowman on the apron for a hot tag is really good he's like you know riling up the crowd and he's like he he, he waggles wiggles all his fingers waiting mm. for that tag just because it might give him a bit of extra length and he's good and, at shouting at the referee as well yeah yeah he's actually really good in that role I never thought uh, that would be a strength of Braun's but it I, I thought the hot tag is but not the the waiting for the hot tag as well um, and there was another really good spot where Finn Balor blind tags himself in and Braun Strowman just picks him up and slams him on Dolph because Dolph was already down. And Finn Balor gets up like, what the hell, dude? Ow! And Braun goes, you're fine, get up! And then Finn stands up and they both do the Braun pose. Yeah, it was really, really funny. There's a moment that really made me laugh in this because Braun is on the outside waiting to get the hot tag and Dolph is like keeping keeping Finn away and they're working on him. And Braun, just at random shouts, was like, you're going to get these hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like a horn. He was like, just so you know, eventually I will get the hot tag and you're going to get these hands. But just, he just bellows it and it really made me laugh. Mm. He's got such a good voice. He has, yeah. Uh, oh, and Ballard's chest was super red off of um, Drew McIntyre's chops. Oof. But the finish was Finn and Dolph in the ring uh, and D- Drew had kind of like this pulled on Finn Balor's leg or something and that allowed Dolph to get the upper hand so Braun runs around the ring outside like he's been doing to Kevin Owens and he does this full on battering ram charge onto Drew but Braun also falls over Drew like rolls backwards into the greatest Royal Rumble trophy sending it falling over in its two pieces we saw it being assembled at ringside into Jojo yeah poor old Jojo it's bigger than Jojo Poor old Jojo took it like right. Oh, poor old Jojo. But yeah, she, we she took it. Well, I was going to say right in the face, and then I stopped myself because that would have been worse. But yeah, we saw the Greatest Royal Rumble uh, trophy come out, and it is in two segments, and they put it together. But the way that it falls apart, it's put together with like one Lego brick. Yeah, it's like it's not structurally sound. Everything else, the two parts individually, structurally sound. Those aren't falling apart. But there is just one little Lego brick in the middle that joins the two together, mm. and it, it came apart. And um, yeah, it fell into poor old Jojo. I I really like this spot for multiple reasons because it looked awesome, but it was just that. When we've seen Braun knock people over in the past, Kevin Owens, uh, it's it, he just runs past him. But when he knocks down Drew, he had to throw himself into him, and they were both down for a bit afterwards. Like, throwing himself into Drew hurt Braun as much as it did McIntyre. Yeah. So, really can't wait for that eventual match, which will probably happen on TV next week now. They played the Ronda segment again! Woo! Uh, then Kurt's on his phone and he's like, oh, I've got a great, I've got the perfect replacement for Jinder in the main event. That A lot of people started chanting uh, Jason Jordan. Well, I was going to say, my mate Grev was behind me and I just heard him shout, oh, it's going to be Jason Jordan, isn't it? Uh, but Stephanie tells him on the phone, nope, it's going to be Kevin Owens. So that was Owens getting his own back from earlier on. And it was Kevin Owens. He beat Bobby Lashley and Elias. Mm. Elias was really over. I felt like we were all quite cheated that we didn't get to see a proper Elias concert. We did in the dark match. 
not really. No, no, though. after the dark match. So oh, you'd, no, so we you'd left. left. Well, you'd left. I went back in to watch it. Ah. Um, so the dark match was they did a six-man tag of uh, Rollins, Roman, and Bobby Lashley against Elias, Kevin Owens, and Sammy. And which I watched. Which you watched, which was like, you know, because we want to send the crowd home happy, so it built to a Roman hot tag so he could get the pinfall because that doesn't send that crowd home happy because everyone booed it. So everyone then left, and eventually Elias got to sing his song. Nice. And it was great. What did he sing it about? A London, and about how much it smells. <laughs> yes. And, I love Elias. And the crowd loved it. So, uh, yes, everyone's into Elias. Kevin Owens is is very good, and people like him too, as in a heel role. Like, we booed him because he was doing dastardly things. Kevin Owens was going after Elias so Elias couldn't sing. Yeah. Which made us boo Owens. Kevin Owens is a genius. Bobby Lashley, however. Yeah, I mean, he was greeted to indifference when he came out, and then any time he got offense was just was booed. Not Roman Reigns levels of booze, but he was booed quite heavily. Mm. In fact, the only thing that was over about Bobby, remarkably, was Bobby Sisters, which was a, a, a chant that went throughout the match. It was just Bobby Sisters, and that really did catch fire throughout the arena. But that's not chanting for Bobby. That's not chanting for his sisters. That's just that's making fun of Bobby mm. and this stupid character that they've now given him. It really hasn't worked. And I, I, I really do think that that interview last week has been damaging um, to, to Bobby Lashley. Really, really damaging, actually. Because up until that point, he's it's been indifference. Like, Bobby's in, okay, when's he going to tag in Braun Strowman? But here, the, he was getting booed. People have gone against him. Uh, and it's not just because they wanted to see Elias and Kevin Owens. No. Because there are a lot of kids and families there as well. Uh, yeah. And there were, there were no cheers. It's like, maybe... Yeah, it was it was the lack of cheers that made those boos so loud and, and worrying. Yeah, and in fact, actually, speaking of like uh, the kids and families that we saw there, you know, we are jaded, cynical men in our thirties, so of course we wanted to, to boo Roman Reigns. But um, and this happened last time we were at a WWE show when you see kids dressed up as Roman Reigns and you see them in all their gear. I'm like, oh man, I feel kind of bad that I keep booing him. Nah, kids, I, get, I gave the, one a nuggie. The kids want to cheer him. Yeah. Like, so they, like after the match ended, like this kid and his dad, the dad was like, come on, we need to go now. And this boy, and he was dressed head to toe in Roman Reigns gear and he had the gloves on and everything. He had the chest protector on and they started walking up. And then when Roman Reigns music hit for the dark match, he just came careening back down the stairs because he wanted to see his hero, Roman Reigns, do a match. It's, it works some. It works for kids. Problem is that the majority of the crowd is made up of jaded thirty-year-olds like you and I, who just want to boo him because we think he sucks a little bit. Yeah. Well, well he does. Well, he does. His in-ring work doesn't. His character does. The kid will learn. Uh, yeah. Just watch me boo him, kid. You, you need to see this. Who was the uh, the kid that you had a pop out for that? That um, was asking you who your favorite wrestler was, and you told them Brock Lesnar. Ah, uh, my cousin's uh, yeah, son. It. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, like, why Brock Lesnar? He gets a boo. And yes. then you were like, well, what does Roman Reigns get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he was wrong. And I think everyone everyone did, agreed with me <laughs> uh, at that family gathering that I ruined. <laughs> you picked on a child. Uh, but this, this was a, a fun-ish match. I liked Elias trying to do his song. In, yeah. During, during it, he called Jojo over and got her to hold the mic and he, he tried to sing but then Kevin Owens went for him and Elias had this wonderful bit where he was like no no take, take the microphone back and yeah. it was caught up caught it, by the here, microphone here take this yeah. I thought that was for the live crowd only 
Like it, it felt like it was a spot that you do yeah. just like during the co- during the commercial break. Mm. Um, so but I was actually I was really happy to see that that made it onto TV. It was really great. But Sami Zayn uh, interfered and pulled Bobby Lashley off a pin and then hit him with the halluva kick outside, allowing Kevin Owens to pin Elias and go to Money in the Bank. Mm. And they celebrate like they're best friends again. Uh, it's like I mean, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, they're lucky they're so good because they're storyline is Bailey and Sasha Banks levels of inconsistent oh, isn't it because just... they they were there was dissension over the last couple of weeks yep just gone away not gonna touch on that again yeah oh yeah all that stuff at backlash uh, and that stuff that happened last week just not followed up on it in fact actually, there was a point because Kevin Owens had the IC match and then Sammy was seemingly starting this program with Bobby Lashley that I suddenly thought was like I think they just dropped the yeah. Kevin and Sammy stuff completely. I thought that So then too. it was a genuine surprise when Sammy came out at the end. I was like, well, are they friends? Mm-hmm. You're right. It is, it's just the inconsistent storytelling. It's a good job they are good. Otherwise, they would be the Bailey and Sasha Banks of the men's division. Mm. So overall, I thought uh, it, was, it was better for us because we saw it live and we got to participate in the fun and the chance. It was so much better than the show we went to last year, which WWE, in fairness, did have to rewrite last minute because... Braun Strowman had injured himself the day before mm. and they had to book this awful show where Dean Ambrose was the wacky general manager and it was just garbage. Was and garbage. The, the matches were all sucky because they were the sucky. <laughs> they sucked. Sucky. <laughs> uh, because uh, they looked tired. But uh, this, this, this one had several good matches. Uh, I thought all the women's stuff pretty much sucked. Uh, bad matches and the Ronda Rousey stuff was bad but Drew and Braun the B team I like that uh, but everything else was kind of inconsequential didn't really build to anything so I'm going to say Average well we now know who all the Raw members of the Money in the Bank ladder match are so we've got um, Finn Balor Braun Strowman Kevin Owens and Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode. Thank you very much. Uh, and they join, just recap the show, and they're going to join the Miz and Rusev. So we've got two more spots to fill uh, for the, the men's Well, one match. will be possibly be a New Day member? Yes, it'll be either a New Day member or a, um, a member of the bar. Do you see the, well, do you see the reports? It's Big E. WWE want to push Big E as a single oh, star. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Would it be, so, that would be my third choice of well, who to put in. Yeah, Xavier Woods, right. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> a ladder match. <laughs> The, the stockiest guy, please. Yeah, we've already got Braun in the match, so you're going to have <laughs> and the spot. And Rusev. Yeah, you're going to have the spot where Braun tries to climb a ladder and the things break. Mm. So you're going to have that bit in there. Also, that's the other thing we noticed as well. When you see it live, the women's Money in the Bank ladder, uh, Money in the Bank briefcase is, I mean, you described it perfectly, dainty. It's a little it's, it's a little one. tiny. It's a very small thing. But overall, I thought this ma- this show was uh, good. I- I'd have given it a uh, an average, um, maybe a, a high average because I enjoyed the yeah. show live. I, I thought a lot of the matches were were you know fine with fun. Uh, the, I really enjoyed the opener. I really enjoyed the B team, and it's just fun kind of being there. It's it's the best, it's the best raw taping I've been to in a long old time. I think because I've been to some pretty diabolical ones. Slap that one on the poster. So, yeah, it was it was it was fine. Cool. A uh, bit of housekeeping just before we do the outro. Luke is away on holiday next week. I certainly for am. two weeks. Yes, I'm going away. Uh, well, 10 days. Uh, the wife and I are going away to Dubrovnik in uh, Croatia, I think it is. My, my, my wife booked it. She just my wife, I, my wife just books holidays and tells me when we're going. So I've, I've got to find a replacement for Luke. But I'm working on it. Yeah, we're working Hopefully. on it. Hopefully. 
So, as you will have just heard there in the main show, I am going away for 10 days. I'm going to Dubrovnik um, with my wife. We're going to sit on the beach and I'm going to read. I'm going to try and catch up on some of the books that have just been sitting in my to-read pile. Um, so that is pretty much what I'm going to be doing with myself. What's top of the pile? Well, I'm currently finishing up the third of uh, the Cormoran Strike books, which was written by J.K. Rowling under a pseudonym. Uh, I can't remember what the pseudonym is now. Dumbledore. I think that's the one, yeah. But she wrote it under that. And I, I thought the first one was broadly fine. And I quite enjoyed the second one. Actually, I thought it was a much better book. And I'm quite enjoying this one as well. I just haven't... Because usually when I'm on the tube, I'm working. So I can't... I don't have time to read as much as I would like to. Uh, but I've also got a book about how um, soda is marketed and uh, the politics surrounding sugary drinks that I'm very much looking forward to diving into. Because Hugh that... Fernley Wittenstall's been all over that recently. He certainly has, yeah. So that's, that's the sort of uh, that's the sort of fare that i take with me on mm. my uh, my holidays bit of fact bit of fiction exactly you've got main course and dessert and if you are going on a holiday i know a great book that i could certainly recommend to you the almanac lights camera game oh yeah that as well but lights camera <laughs> game over um it's if you want to know about how video game movies got made but what is going to happen to the podcast while i'm away ollie well luke you'll be ha- glad to know that all of the plans have fallen through <laughs> so we don't know we don't know right now uh i'm hoping it's something will miraculously happen in, and this, like, people are going, oh, they've got something up their sleeves. Because we tend to do this. We'll start, like, referencing something before it's about to happen as a bit of foreshadowing. Like, I don't know if you noticed, in the last couple of weeks, we've been joking about how we don't have to do any prediction battles. And go. that's because we knew the general manager was going to make his triumphant return, Grado, and uh, tell Luke to do a punishment, finally. Yeah, finally. After Luke skips loads. <laughs> <coughs> And then put my jacket on the line. I haven't, I haven't technically lost since November. Mm. But you've done as many punishments, more punishments than me. <laughs> uh, but no, this is this is a, a legit worry and concern. Luke doesn't have to mind because he's going off. But uh, I guess there's two options. One, I find someone who is passable. That's all they have to be, passable. And if you live in London... And you're free on Wednesdays and Tuesday lunchtimes. And you can watch Raw or Smackdown in the morning. Seriously, maybe send Luke an email. Why send me an email? Because Because they need to speak to you. I don't want to give out mine. Because loads of people are going to get in touch and go, Oh, I'd love to be a part of it. Oh, where do you live? Sri Lanka. Well, (laughs) you know, there was a big asterisk here. Yeah. Or, oh, I live in London. Are you free on those times? No. No, but, oh, I can, well, check, thanks. but I can come in and do other things. <laughs> thanks for getting in touch. That was literally no help for this problem. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you're not going to wait till Monday. No, I'm hope, no. hoping to have it sorted by then. I'm sure we can sort something out. FaceTime me. But also, uh, the, the sound of the podcast <clears> might be slightly different because I won't be around to edit them. Oh, yeah. So um, you're, you might be, you're so used to, like, the Patreon advert and the stuff at the start and all the niceness that goes with the mm. editing. It won't be intros and outros. It will literally just be the um, uh, the YouTube version uploaded as an audio file. Yeah, because Ollie's editing. <laughs> and Ollie can edit visual stuff. He doesn't know anything about sounds. So he is just doing the, the, the bare minimum, mm-hmm. as, as, as all is needed, really. The bare minimum. <laughs> what are you going to do when my stripped-down raw edits 
do better than any of your fancy, funny, duddy music bed track edits. I don't think that's going to happen, though, no, is it? I don't think so either. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, so someone could stand in. Yeah. Uh, or I, I'm seriously considering doing it solo. Well, a solo thing is very interesting. So Brian Alvarez has done solo shows on uh, the figure four before. Mm. And I always thought, that's a very brave move. Because it's hard to do essentially a one-man radio show i've done one-man radio shows previously off broadway yes uh and on student radio and it is uh, so so harder than it seems to be mm. and i had music that i could just throw to i could just i could fill 20 minutes worth of my two-hour slots you know in a consecutively by just playing tracks because people don't people don't really want to hear me just talk nonsense to myself well, my favourite, my first ever wrestling podcast was Solomonster. Mm. And he is just a guy, a very knowledgeable and very eloquent guy, who talks by himself. Very rarely does he have a guest on. I think he, like in the 600 episodes I listened to him for, he only ever had one on. And he, I used to, like, that was my first podcast. I just used to think, oh, this is the way podcasts are. Uh, and then I got used to just the one-person format, and I would try and say, if people wanted to start a podcast with our old podcast network, I'd say, you should do it as just a solo person. And they'd be no, I like talking with people, but now I've, you know, I wouldn't do it any other way. No, exactly. And I, I think the only other podcasts that I listen to with one person are more scripted yes. shows, where they have a, a format in front of them and they read that out. Like a, a show I used to present back in the day, the Twilight Zone podcast, so, but it'd be interesting to to hear you do a one man show. I'll be able to listen to mm. it while I'm out in Dubrovnik. So I'll, I'm going to need you to be able to keep me up to date on the because uh, I'm going to miss two Raws and two Smackdowns. Hmm. I wonder. Well, I'm going to do all the Wrestle Talk news episodes and Raw and Smackdown. Hmm. God, I really, really, we really need an extra person. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, should we do some? You, you said you got some more correspondence. I, I, could do, I could do one more bit of correspondence, and I'll do the rest of them on uh, tomorrow's show, and I'll try and save some for the Saturday show as well. Um, hey, Luke, I heard on today's podcast that Gareth had a strange dream involving you guys at WrestleTalk. Well, step aside, Gareth, because my dream was far more bizarre than yours. Let's keep it short and simple. Ollie, Lana, my best friend, and myself were all on the couch watching a movie. Uh -oh. Next thing I know, Lana and my friend are going for. It. Me and Ollie are ignoring them until Lana invites me to join. So that happened. <laughs> An awkward threesome, and Ollie was just sat there watching silently for the rest of the entire dream. My partner and best friend weren't too entertained by the dream, but hopefully you find some humor in it. I don't think I'm going to tell Lana though. Thinking face emoji. If for some reason you decide to read this out, I'll stay a non on this one. Ha 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 ha. It's a good job I didn't read out his name first because I tend not to read mm. the emails before I read them out. There is uh that is there is a lot to unpack there. Isn't there just? I mean, just even if you take me out of it did have a threesome with your your friend and lana i mean that's great i i personally you know that's that is for some people celavi but personally i would feel very uncomfortable about having a friend engage in a sexual act with on someone i was also engaged in a sexual <laughs> act on and then to add someone else watching all of that happen I can barely do it at the moment with our big mirror wardrobe. <laughs> if I catch my eye, I'm, I'm, I'm out. 
Like, what is this ridiculous guy? <laughs> this is stupid. Get off me. Start crying. <laughs> Gotta get that sorted. <laughs> We're each getting rid of the mirrors. Get rid of the wardrobe. <laughs> built in, damn it. Oh, those are the worst. Mm. Those are the worst. We had a massive built in wardrobe. Actually, that was all mirrors as well. Yeah. Maybe something opaque. Maybe there's a spray I can spray on it and it just turns it all opaque yeah or you could yeah. just you could just plaster up pictures of uh seth rollins yeah that would be much better so oh, no, seth rollins's body yeah and i can kind of position my exactly, head so, what I mean. so you yes. look over and you're like oh actually look at look ah, how good i there look there we go the yeah. crossfit's paying off <laughs> i too am a crossfit jesus burn it down i'll do it to the stump but we, any- we are a PG-friendly podcast. I was going to say, I, I think yeah, some children mm. might listen to this mm. show, so I'm going to very much apologise for, for Ollie Davis's potty I mouth. think, no, we we never, we only hinted to stuff. We never said anything. I mean, now you're taking it down. Explicit. Now you're just taking it further, though, aren't you? Like, we could have just moved uh, past that, okay, thing, okay, but you decided okay, okay. not to. Well, no, I've taken the heat off Anon here, yep. who has had a very weird dream about me watching him have a threesome with his friend. And Lana. Yeah. Well. And I'm assuming he means Lana as in Rusev and, mm. as opposed to just a friend of his called Lana. Yeah, yeah. Another YouTuber, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of his called Lana who also listens to the show. Yeah. And that's why he wanted to stay anon. Mm. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, I suppose we just call that a, a day. I, think, I mean, I think we, we can't really do much more. But do you want to do some iTunes reviews? I will do one iTunes review from B-Man10974. You guys are awesome. You're the best. Thank yeah. you, B-Man! Look at B-Man, oh, That was good. Succinct to the point, and just so I don't skip uh, the one underneath it, Guido Olsen says, Wrestle Ramble. It's the title of the review. I always struggled to find a good pro wrestling podcast. That was until I found Wrestle Ramble. I've been a wrestling fan for six years now, and over time I've become more and more interested in what goes on backstage. I even do predictions with my friends, and we compete for a title. I'm the current champ! So being able to listen to two different opinions on every situation in WWE, and why certain things might happen, while also having the knowledge of backstage, has been great. I love hearing you guys talking about how WWE should do it better, and I I especially love fantasy booking as I too try to think of long-term storylines for WWE. Overall fantastic content. Keep it up and support Wrestle Talk. Oh, great. That's a nice long intro. Thank you, Guido. Guido. Nice also, long review. Yes, thank you. But that's all we've got time for today. I'm off to find a replacement for Luke for next week. Uh, and we are off to record much more content. I love you. Goodbye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.